0: Desperate times in the Bastiat sector. Socialist capture bounty hunter JJ Boogie, who successfully thwarted an attempt on Luke Anderson's line. Greylean Lightheart, after several heroine adventures alongside her mentor Johnny Rocket, the two Liberty Warriors have returned from Planet Memedom with the free man beyond the wall. Mance Raider to provide reinforcements in the free JJ Boogie and his group of Liberty mercenaries. Mance Raider, armed with his first book, Freedom Through Memedom. Mance discusses his viewpoints on the intergalactic police and sheds his light of liberty in the darkness that has corrupted this part of the universe. With Johnny and Raylene focused on the war effort, social justice warriors are left unchecked on earth to spread their fear and authoritarianism galactic podcaster mike Boudet gets hit in the crossfire as a major podcast feed has lost its transmission will mance be strong enough to help johnny and raylene free jj boogie will our heroes have enough time to help fellow podcaster mike Boudet out stay tuned to hear mance raider on episode 37 on blast off with johnny rocket from the launch pad <laughs> bringing blue collar to your cell tower the rock and roll libertarian himself it's time to blast off with johnny rocket you know you gotta make an old machine, and you gotta be that Blast Off a Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my Ray Truth, Miss Rayleigh Lightheart. All right. Hey, guys.
1: Hi, Johnny.
0: How you doing?
1: Really good. I had an awesome weekend. I know.
2: You told me. You're like, hey, uh, I'm going to be out of the office for a couple days
1: because
2: I have a (laughs) date with my husband, and I was like,
1: okay. I wonder what they're doing. I wonder what they're doing. I know. I'm very mysterious about it. I had a lot of fun. I just...
2: I can kind of, like, put together parts. You know, I can could, I could fit the pieces together like a puzzle piece.
1: Yeah. I'm a happy lady. I love my guy. How was your weekend?
2: Good. You know, just kind of hanging out with the fam, watching some movies. Aw. Yeah. Drinking coffee. I love your family. <laughs> I know. I was drinking coffee a lot. I mean, I, I mean, on the weekends, I can't get crazy and start mm-hmm. talking about... Liberty all the time. So I have to, you know, kind of pretend to
1: give the kids a break.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: (laughs) they're like, we know, we know, we don't have to share. It's just nice.
2: Yeah. I like make them do push ups and and they're they're wrong. Oh, yeah. I do. I'm like, (laughs) Lord, do push ups. You know, but they're good kids. I mean, they really are. And,
1: you know, know, they're kids. I, I, I mean, kids make... I ma- love Johnny the dad. I talk to you quite often. Oh, God.
2: I'm not Johnny the dad.
1: The dad. I'm not. That's, I'm
3: that's, not that's really.
1: Kind of for some people. They uh, like that.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just saying, like, I'm okay. I'm a good dad. Okay, I'm all right. I'm not too yeah. shabby as a dad, but I'm just saying, overall, you know, it's just like, just the whole dad thing is just like, uh, I wish that was my alter ego. Yeah. And my alter ego is me in reality
1: <laughs> you're that you're living the life i mean that's kind of cool you have it all i tried to i tried to and I,
2: I, I, everything's going good i mean i'm, I'm happy you know it, what's cool is the kids and i watch marvel movies that's our <laughs> thing like we love the Marvel movies. So I'm having fun with that, with the kids Good. and Kim and all of us. We just we just have a great time. What it's all about. It is. It is. Are you ready for our guest?
1: I am excited. <laughs> I knew you
2: were.
0: <laughs> How did I know you were?
2: Anyways, so, uh, in today's day and age, we are dealing with a lot of corruption, unchecked behavior, and overreaching authority not just from politicians, but also from the police. It's when law enforcement officers use excessive force against people. Each year, people write tons of public reports to enforce Inform the government about this problem. When an officer uses excessive force, it means he or she may do it verbally or physically. Both cases are part of violence. This is a common problem for American society, and that's why it's important for us citizens to know their rights, to be able to make complaints, and to protect ourselves and them, abuse and violence. In the show, we talk about police brutality and how they abuse their power. Are you ready for our guest? You know it. Pete Raymond, a.k.a. Mance Rader, grew up in a government-controlled hellhole that is now New York City. He left two days after graduating high school. He spent a good time of his life in South Florida where he met his wife. In 2005, they moved to Atlanta metro area where in 2007, he discovered the Ron Paul Liberty Move. This school of thought sent him down a rabbit hole of freedom seeking, culminating in the intellectual move to voluntarism. This radical capitalist school of thought permeates his life and led him to the teachings he now shares on his podcast entitled Free Man Beyond the Wall. In November of 2017, Pete released his first book, Freedom, ...through meandom, the 31-Day Guide to Waking Up to Liberty. It reached number four in the Libertarian section on Amazon.com. His new book, The Kids Are Not Alright, a meme-inspired primer on encroaching Marxism in the West, was released in April 2018. Pete has interviewed guests as diverse as the one and only Dr. Ron Paul. And Pete has appeared on several podcasts, including The Tom Woods Show, Dave Smith's Part of the Problem and Lines of Liberty with Mark Pete is a frequent contributor to the LibertarianInstitute.org. Okay, Raylene, prepare for liftoff.
1: Copy that, Johnny.
2: Covers, tie-downs, and grounding cables.
1: Removed as required.
2: Communications connected. Check. Preamps in the green. Check. Cold. Double. Thrusters are hot. Raylene, are you ready to rock?
1: All systems go, Johnny. Let's blast off with...
4: the show, Mr. Mance. I'm happy to talk to you guys again. How's
2: it going? Good, man. Good to have you on the show. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. You haven't been on the show since one of the final shows on the Johnny Rocket Launchpad. So, welcome back to the new and improved version with Miss Raylene Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: Thank you. Ready for anything?
2: Yes, yes. And, and Raylene's. Oh, you know, Raylene's been doing such a great job. And uh, again, we're uh, this. I don't know what episode this is, but it's coming close to number four zero. So I'm excited about this, and we are been pretty consistent. What do you have to say, Ray? We've been pretty consistent.
1: I love what I do. I love. I want to do more. It's great.
2: Okay, so the reason that we want you here on the show is we're talking about police brutality, and you've discussed this numerous times on your show. Free man beyond the wall. And the questions I have are, you know, in a free society, you know, we would have law enforcement, be it private. However, we would do it for, you know, with security or whatever. Where is the authority come from and how much force would be allowed to be used in a free society? Because this is important because you're the cop guy, you know.
4: Well, when I talk about how private policing would work, and this is from consulting dale brown from detroit threat management talking to rayford davis who was a former police officer i've talked to neil franklin who's a he was 34 year police officer and now he speaks out basically against the practices mm-hmm. that he that he did we talk about how police cannot have any rights uh, past what we have ourselves and that would be self uh self defense and in the defense of others immediately right in the book freedom through memedom I would say in the second day, I was talking about how if an investigation is going on the way it is now the overreach that they can do how they can just kidnap people off the street on on suspicion mm-hmm. and you know then you look at that in a private society okay say a child is you know a child has disappeared in a private society well how would you go about doing that with private police? What would, what would private police be allowed to do as far as that goes? And what I talked about recently at a speech that I gave in, uh, at Liberty Forum in New Hampshire was that in the early colonies, the only place you had police and government was in, um, in big cities. So the people who lived out in the countryside, say somebody stole a horse or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the person who was damaged went to their neighbor and said, hey, someone stole my horse. Do you think that that neighbor would just blow it off and go, I don't care? Obviously, they're not going to because self-interest has to kick in. That's right. They know better than anyone else that there are no police officers around, and somebody could come and steal, steal the their horse.
2: Exactly. Like, so yeah.
4: So what you saw in like the early colonies was you would see people who would just volunteer volunteer to help uh, to help somebody. You'd have these large groups who would go and they'd try and figure out who did this, and that is. Within the realm of reason, as far as I'm concerned, um, there are a bunch of other things I've talked about, and um, I, did, I did like 35 minutes on what private policing could look like now. Right mm-hmm. how how we could set we could set things up beyond community watch programs and all that kind of crap that you you know that that we know from history to push basically do the job ourselves and push police out and how certain groups have done it already, but you know it's um it's a complicated issue because it is it is when when it comes to something like you know when it comes to something like stealing you know someone's lawnmower goes missing that's easily replaced when it comes to something like a child going missing or you know a, a human being going missing right then 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 it's a lot different but you know another thing we have to remember is the police aren't always really good at that a lot of time right. most of the time it's people. It's actual real people going. Hey, I saw this person, right? You know, and and you know, basically doing their job for them. So you know, it's it's complicated. But I think the most important thing right now is I wrote an article two years ago for Libertarian Institute where I said the the two immediate changes I would make to policing are one, they would they wouldn't have rights that we don't have, and two. They were like the fire department and they stayed in their building until they were called.
2: Interesting point. Interesting
4: yeah. point.
1: Well, because I was going to ask if you think there'd be more or less peacekeepers in a freer society. And I and I think that you're saying less. So I'm going to ask you about the uh, quote preventing crime. Is this even possible? And are cops c- capable of this without infringing upon the rights of each individual?
4: I will say what Dale Brown from Detroit Threat Management told me, and I'm sure a lot of libertarians know his story. He went into the worst neighborhoods in Detroit and just decided he was going to start a little force and clean them up. And he talked to building owners and he'd be like, "Okay, I'm going to be your security and everything, and um, you know we'll make sure that your property doesn't get hurt, the crime doesn't happen in your building, in exchange for an apartment." Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to give somebody a place to live, something like that. What Dale said was, and this this stuck with me so much that I put it in my speech up in uh, up in New Hampshire. Was it is incumbent upon us to secure our dwelling and our dwellings and our possessions beyond anything else when it comes to security. Mm-hmm. One, because we know the police aren't going to be there quick enough to show up, and two if somebody does get in and someone like me is, I always have a gun next to me. I just, I don't believe in the police. So I'm going to be my own policeman. If something pops off, I'm ready for it. But if someone breaks into your house, you, you know, unless you have a trailer, you can't pick up and move your house. Okay. So say you kill an intruder. Well, they have family, they have friends. If they want to seek revenge, you know, (laughs) you're probably going to have to move. Second, by securing your dwelling as best as as best you can to make sure people can't get in there, then you don't have the chance of someone breaking in, you hurting them, the cop showing up and killing you like we've seen recently happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Right. Because, you know, you know, we've seen that. I saw that happen to a security guard in Chicago who was subduing somebody and the cops show up and got the guy down on his stomach with his knee in his back. Cop shoots the security guard. Or recently, hmm. recently, a guy who defended his house against a, an intruder and shot him, and the cops sh- showed up and shot him. Right. And all, the only thing that happens to those cops is nothing. They get they get vaca- they get paid vacation. I just saw <laughs> exactly. a story. Yes. I just saw a story yesterday where a cop was suspended for basically. I mean, they have video footage of it now. He just basically tortured a guy. And he was he was suspected of stealing two cell phones in a nightclub. They brought him to uh, the station. They tied him down and they tortured him. It's all on video. They wow! Tortured him.
1: This is not new.
4: No, this isn't a. Yeah, this has been happening forever. But I mean, I just want to say that officer got a two-year paid vacation. He literally did not work for two years and got paid. <laughs> and they reward him. And and see, the thing is, though, like from what I've
2: read, back in the days before, like the state, you know, especially the Wild West where I live now, you know, back in the day, you know, you had a small town. People would like voluntarily give money up. To have their property protected, they'd all hire a sheriff collectively, right? Not necessarily a good thing, but they all did it collectively. And it wasn't forced. It was voluntary. And it was in that that person's best interest to defend the town. Because if he didn't do the, the right thing and he started shooting innocent people in town, you know, he'd get canned or somebody else would take his spot, So he had actually something to lose. And I think this is what we have an incentive problem with police officers. They're incentivized to not do the right thing. They're incentivized to steal, to make money for the state. And we're in this position now where, you know, they have nothing to lose. If they shoot somebody, oh, well, I get two or three years of paid vacation or or I get dismissed or I have early retirement. This is the problem, I think, is that they have nothing to fear. They think that they're above the law. You ever been in like the road or the highway, you're driving along and then there's a cop who's just, he wants, he doesn't like traffic. So he throws his lights on just to bypass it. <laughs> Wait, like everyone else. He is not above everyone else just because
4: he's a cop. I mean, what do you have to say about this, Vance? I wanted to mention something because one of my Patreon supporters, um I won't mention his name, his initials are CH, mentioned to me that. He he texted me this morning, hit me up through Patreon. He goes, have you listened to Tom Woods episode 674? And I'm like, not that I can remember, not off the top of my head. And I went and looked at it, and it was a former cop Mm -hmm. talking about how their goal in a traffic stop is to arrest you. Mm Mm-hmm. They're pulling you over and they're asking you questions. And the more questions you answer, the more probable cause you're giving them. They're looking for any reason to arrest you. He said, mm-hmm. and this is a former police officer. He said that is their goal. Right. So the only way that this is going to change is that people are going to have to demand that it changes. That's the problem is if, if half the population decided, look, police can't act like this. They will they, that will be changed really quick because they'll go to, poli- you know, politicians will be like, OK, you know, that everything I got to get elected
2: again. So I have to do something. If I don't, then I'm ignoring right. the people and blah, 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 blah. Right. I get it. That makes sense. Political pressure.
1: If OK, so talking about changing culture, which is how we would have to do this. Uh, let's talk about Black Lives Matter. Do you believe this hashtag movement has helped wake people to the truth about police violence and corruption with all this media attention? And is the polarization regarding race and just as disgustingly the thin blue line concept as a result of this movement meant to detract from it?
4: I have to agree with Scott Horton about the Black Lives Matter movement. It was bad bad marketing. It was bad messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, if they would have called themselves legalized weed now, it would have been a lot better because then people people right. could have been like, okay, what are you talking about? He goes, well, the reason why we have this, you know, the reason why there's a lot of violence in the streets is because a black market has been created and a mm-hmm. black market has been, and when a black market is created, People are warring over the territories, and that is why we have, you know, half of the prison population in the United States is um, right, yeah, you know, is, is nonviolent offenders, exactly. And things like that. So think about the alt right movement; they're identified as mostly white. So if they do have a message that is beneficial to society, then there's better ways to put that message. You know, there, there's <laughs> there's such a thing as diplomacy, and. Mm. It's weird coming for me because I'm I'm a self, I'm a bomb thrower, but I don't go out of my way to try and separate people according to really emotional things like race, color, culture, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it's like it's it's the statists and the people who want want power over you, and then there's us. And I don't care what color, where they came from, Anything. If you're you know, you're the enemy if you're a statist. Okay? Right. right. Whatever your whim is, whatever you're voting for, you want to enslave me. And mm-hmm. if I don't follow along with that, you want those police officers to or throw your or ass whatever, to in jail. Or kill or yeah. kill me. Right. Or yeah. kill me. So that's true. As far as like Black Lives Matter go, I mean, <laughs> it was such a great idea yeah. to have an organization. They just did it way wrong. I mean, I agree with Scott on that. It was just it, it, the messaging could have been so much better. They could have started. But, you know, then you have to remember, and Thaddeus Russell d- d- does a really good um, lecture on this, is that the reason why we have a war on drugs is because leaders in the black mun- community demanded it. They saw all this violence and all, all these problems in their own community. And instead of keeping it in-house like Malcolm X would have tried to do, interesting, they decided to outsource it. To the state, and when you outsource it to the state, the most violent, maniacal system that has ever been devised. Right, right. right. You're going to get people dying in the streets. You're going to have pe- them shooting people because they fear for their lives. There are so many better ways to get that message out there, and they just chose. They chose one that you know. I, I almost believe that it was chosen on purpose. Interesting to divide people. That's what I was asking. That
1: was my question: Was uh, do you believe that it was meant to detract from the actual message, which is police are bad, statism is bad? I mean,
4: uh, every time I see something like that, every time like the Me Too movement, things like that, those it it, it just seems like those are devised in like basements by by really um, devious people to go. Okay, how do we get people to uh, to to take sides? Here is the thing: So growing up back in
2: my day. I remember, like, cops used to just kind of walk around neighborhoods. You know, they'd just walk around to be like, hey, how you doing, son? You know, and they'd say hi to the bartender or whatever. Gross. They actually, like, walked. They actually had a little, like, a, they made their rounds around town. And when doing so, I think they developed relationships with people in the community. So there was kind of like this bond of, you know, they, they got to know people. And now that I've seen, you know, cops in the recent, you know, 20 years, they just drive around in their cars. They disassociate with the modern public, and I'm thinking that they're doing this intentionally to make a separation between the, you know, the actual human life or the humanity between you and the individual or the cop and the individual, right?
1: That's the result. But those cops were walking around, Johnny, to get free coffee and to hit on women and to get paid for doing nothing. Well,
2: okay. Well, hold on. Okay. So what I'm saying is, yeah, maybe they did that. Didn't matter, right? They developed relationships. This is what I'm getting at. And you think by them not doing that anymore, where people are not really people anymore, they're just enemies, because I think that's how they view it. They're enemies now. Everyone's an enemy to the cop. This has created a divide with them and us, and actually protecting us and becoming modern day stormtrooper. I mean, this is how I see it, because I remember Officer Friendly was a pretty cool guy when I was 10 years old. I'm not saying he's a statist, sure, but he was a, he wasn't, he was less likely just shoot people 30 years ago when I was a kid.
4: Now it's rampant. So, I mean, I don't know. What do you have to say, Mance, about this? I grew up in New York City, and at the time I grew up, the police were pretty bad. It was hit or miss what you were going to get. There was still a lot of police brutality, uh, but they would really just nightstick and blackjack you and kick the crap out of you. Uh, <laughs> okay. It, you know They would it, shoot you like... Pfft yeah there there wasn't a lot of shooting uh going on and you have to look at whenever the state talks about a war on something war on drugs war on crime it you always it yeah it always seems to grow well in in the last couple of years they're talking about a war on cops. And this is like the biggest BS line I've ever heard. If you look at the statistics of the amount of police that you know, are killed in the line of duty, I'm talking about killed in the line of duty. I'm not talking about the ones that you know, eat their gun while they're, while they're cleaning it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that's tragic. And I think that really, you know, when you look at the, the amount of police suicide, um, alcoholism, the amount of abuse that their estimates of 40% of them are abusing their spouses in some way, shape, or form.
1: 40 percent. God.
4: Then that what that tells me is that the way that job is set up, no human being should probably be able to do no human being can do it properly because it looks like it damages them. It looks like it changes them and it looks like it turns them into combatants. You know, mm-hmm. and you have these soldiers on the streets, you know, and I've heard people who've been in combat talk about how the rules of engagement in combat overseas is stricter than the rules of engagement on the streets on the streets of the United States.
2: That's true. And coming from the military background, I mean, dude, I mean, in the military, we have guys out there that are like, well, you're basically sitting ducks and you can't do anything until they fire at you. Whereas now it's like in, in the streets, man, cops have carte blanche on anything. They can get away with Farmers anything.
1: Barbers have more training than cops do.
4: Exactly. Yeah. 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 Hairdressers. Yeah. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. in Tennessee, in Tennessee, it takes more hours of training to braid hair than it is to become a police officer. Which which really makes, which really makes no sense. But they're saying that there's a war on cops. They're killing over a thousand people a year. And if you, I, I broke it down where in 2014, if you compared how many unarmed black men the police shot in 2014 to the amount of Americans worldwide, including in the United States, were killed by quote unquote radical Islamic terrorists, it was eight to one of unarmed Black men being killed by cops to terrorists killing Americans. And then I broke it down and I said, even if you take into consideration, like, you know, half of those guys were unarmed, but they were on bat salts or something like that, it's still three or four to one. So it's like, if you're more likely, and I think Reason did a study a couple of years ago where it was like, you're eight times more likely to be shot by a police officer in the United States than you are to be killed by a terrorist worldwide. So- I mean, and, and people will and people will automatically jump and go, well, you know, th- some of those people, you know, those people were criminals. It's like <laughs> you should really should look at the numbers as yeah. far as. Yeah. yeah. And, and then if you and then even if it says that those people were armed, I mean, they found they found a whole department in Baltimore, Baltimore that was PD. killing people and planting guns on them,
1: keeping them in their trunks just in case they needed to plant them on the suspects. Aside from going into breaking into people's homes and stealing their cash from drugs, they were doing all of it.
5: Yeah.
2: That shouldn't even be a crime in the first place. Anyway, so make sure you check out America's fastest growing number one pro-Liberty radio program, Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is on seven nights per week, Raylan. Can you believe that? Seven nights. That's a lot. On 190 plus radio stations coast to coast, and is pro-liberty every issue, every time. So check out freetalklive.com. That's freetalklive.com. Anyways, those Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas, and we'll be right back after this commercial break. Rock and roll.
4: This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please... Check us out at com.
3: Are you tired of banging your head against the proverbial wall of politics and getting nowhere toward actually making your life more free? Are you tired of interview podcasts that have the same guests as every other libertarian interview podcast out there? Are you tired of hearing the same news stories that you can hear on the mainstream media? Then you need to listen to The Lava Flow, where we don't do politics and we don't do the major stories that exist only to divide you. We talk about news that affects you and your freedom, and we work to find solutions that can actually help you to be more free. Lava stands for libertarian, anarcho-capitalist, voluntarist, and agorist. And if you consider yourself to be in any of those categories, all of those categories, or just interested in learning about them, then The Lava Flow podcast is for you. Check us out at thelavaflow.com. The Lava Flow Podcast, channeling the flow of information to the libertarian, anarcho capitalist, voluntarist, and agorist community. TheLavaFlow.com.
4: It's time to shake up your podcast feed, folks, by subscribing to Lions of Liberty, the only libertarian variety show out there. Spend Mondays with me, Mark Clare, as I feature in-depth interviews with great names in the libertarian community and fun roundtable discussions. Electric Liberty
5: Land with me, Brian McWilliams, every Wednesday, your weekly dose of comedy, culture, and liberty.
3: And Felony Fridays with me, John Odermatt, where I expose injustice in the broken criminal justice system. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at lionsofliberty.com.
2: Hey, this is Glass of Alvajone Rocket, and I'm here with my Raid Truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Hey there. I When well, it was over, oh, we're talking to Mance Raider. Mance, thank you so much. Or Pete Raymond now so you've actually let people know your real name. I don't know when that happened, but there was a transition, and I think it happened after your appearance on the show. It's been like a couple months.
4: Yeah, it's been a couple months. Then my... My wife, Jen the Libertarian, dropped her. You know, we have different last names, so she dropped her last name the other day. Like, she just changed it on Twitter, and people were like, "What? What? The, what just happened?" <laughs> <laughs> so, your wife is Jen the Libertarian. I, I, actually, I didn't know that.
1: She's a badass. That is great. I,
2: now I there's a connection now. When you had Raylene on your show, Jen the Libertarian was on that show, so she was in the other room with you.
4: Yeah, and Sherry Voluntary was on that show too. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I was in the studio. Jen was in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. You know how many times we, Kim and I, have
2: done that too? It's hilarious. It, it's like, yeah, we're not in the same house. Yeah, we are. So, Mance, what we do here on the second segment, it's called Rocket, Rocket fire. fire. What we, we do fire. on Rocket, Rocket fire, fire, sirs, I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be politically related and cop related. And if you can answer in between 30 to 60 seconds, that'd be fing. Badass. Mance, are you ready to play? Rocket fire! Let's do this. Question one. Is there such thing as a
4: justified frisk? (sighs) Uh, I know, it's a tough one, man. I know. I think only if the police officer witnesses with his own eyes, somebody, you know, like a pickpocket and then you see the person immediately putting it into their pocket and you go, hey, you know, stop. And if the person doesn't immediately pull it out, then I think it's justified. But I think you have to see it with your own eyes. I mean, I don't trust. I don't trust witnesses. I don't say, oh, that's a guy over there who did it. Yeah. People end up de- innocent. People end up dead like that. So,
2: OK, good answer. I agree. Question two. What are the different perspectives of police behavior and personality and which perspective do you feel is the most accurate? Do you think cops are assholes?
4: (laughs) I think that that's the way they're trained. I think they are trained and, you know, we've already talked about it. They are trained to look at everybody as a potential criminal and everybody as somebody that they can potentially arrest. I mean, yeah, it's a culture. I mean, I'm sure there are police that, that are on the job who don't do that, who don't you know, don't want to do that or maybe get forced to do it. But I think somebody who was really, you know, really adamantly against it probably wouldn't be, a, you know, a police officer for very long. And I know I know personally a couple people who were police officers for a couple of years. Then they just said, look, I can't do this anymore. It's, um, you know, one who tried to arrest his partner and they ran him out of the, you know, they ran him out of the police department. So Interesting. Interesting.
0: Okay. question three, how does
2: the us versus them police worldview affect the activities of a police officer? And how does that affect
4: police community relations? This term war on cops, they see themselves as other from us. And as soon as somebody sees themselves as other from you, they see you as less worth. And we've seen it through history, through genocide. We've seen it through. I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, killing a thousand people in a year is a genocide. But it's a damn good step towards it. Mm-hmm. If the general public is accepting the fact that police are killing a thousand people a year and, you know, so many of those unarmed and they're just shooting them and killing them. Right. It's an easy step to make that two thousand, three thousand, ten thousand.
2: Right on. Question four. Do you foresee a DNA database containing all information from citizens and do you foresee a RFID
4: implants, etc.? Yeah, it's called ancestry dot com in twenty three and, and May.
2: <laughs> you know how many people are on that all the time? Like people that I know. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it's everywhere. Question five: What changes do you think the future will bring to the area of law enforcement and to our liberties? What do you think is going to happen?
4: Oh, I think it's going to go automated. I think we're. Go- it's going to be AI. Um, I think eventually, just like every other industry. Um, I think as more and more people are learning how to reduce their tax footprint um, to embrace agorism, to basically starve the beast as they realize they can't print money anymore to, you know, to do all this. And especially when we see there's a there's a crash coming that's going to be brutal.
2: Uh, I was talking about this. I was talking about this.
4: Last show, I believe. Yeah, no, I think it's going to, they're going to basically, they're going to go AI and they're going to go, I think we're decades away from RoboCop. But um, I think, yeah, I think there's just going to be much more, I think it's just going to be grand surveillance. It's going to be like, um, if you ever saw the TV show, Person of Interest. and that's what it's gonna, yeah that's what it's gonna it's gonna be like it's just gonna be this grand computer like the ones we have in utah now and in texas where they're just getting every bit of information every um they can record conversations in public now i mean it's um it's it's really orwellian it's it's amazing that most people don't realize exactly how much we've traveled into 1984
2: so absolutely all right question six Should the use of cameras be allowed for traffic enforcement and should drivers be ticketed without being
4: pulled over by the cops? No, this, this isn't even American law. This is common law, British common law, English common law all the way back. There has to be an accuser. There has to be somebody who can explain exactly why something was done. I mean, there's these cameras are a joke. I mean, they're, it's just, it's just a money-making system. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, and, I mean, I, I'm probably in the minority on this because when I talk about traffic circles, you know, I've been to other countries where they have traffic circles and I think traffic circles are friggin' amazing. Um, but, and most of the people who don't like traffic circles have probably never left their city. You know, <clears throat> so they're like, oh, you know, uh, they know a traffic circle in their city, but, you know, like, you know, they're like just Iceland. Iceland has a minimal amount of uh, lights. And it's mostly traffic circles, and people have figured out how to use those, and I think it, I think it's fantastic. And when you use the, I mean, that cuts down on all the ticketing and stuff like that. And the waiting, and
2: it makes s- happen. It goes fast. It, I agree, but you just got to know how to use them. A lot of people are just like, what the f-? what lane do I go and do? I don't know. <laughs> now, f- mind explodes. All right. Question so, seven: Why has the number of lawsuits filed against the police increased over the past twenty-five years?
4: war on drugs man it's they as the war on drugs has waged they've gotten more violent they've gotten more militarized uh, there's a town right near me that has a tank and they have t- you know population 10,000 um the only reason they have a tank is because you know the the gov- you know the federal government said oh if you have a drug problem you know we'll give you militarized equipment to do so they obviously they're going to take all the militarized equipment and everything but um the war on drugs has just escalated. It's make, I mean, it gets to the point where the more laws you pass, the more you make everyone a criminal. The, the more chance, I mean, they have, there's that book, three felonies a day. I mean, there's all this research out there that people can look into. That, you know, they're if if you're a criminal, you're under their thumb. Exactly. Can you get a gun? Can you leave the country? You know, I mean, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the more the more power they have, you know, it's like everybody's like the whole build the wall thing. Oh, we're building the wall to keep people out. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you build that <laughs> you build that wall and there's a there's another nine eleven tomorrow. Yeah, they're, they're going to stop people from leaving. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> believe me. Yeah,
2: right on that question. <laughs> Some people argue that allowing citizens to sue the police
4: is a positive legal
2: step. What do you think about citizens suing the cops?
4: Oh, I like the idea because with the amount of justified and unjustified, it'll crash the system and, and it'd just be friggin' awesome. I love to see chaos when it comes to, when it comes to the state, I think, be allowed, <laughs> I think you should be allowed to sue them. I think that even though, even though, you know, and I think it should come out of their pension, even though I know that's taxpayer money too. Don't get me wrong. I, I know that their pension is taxpayer money too, but if it's coming out of their pension, then they're going to think twice about the things that the, about the things that they do. You know, you might not always be able to get them on criminal, but if you can get them on civil, then you know, then they they can also think twice on that. But they're not they're not going to allow that to happen. I mean, Warren versus District Warren versus District of Columbia's put that you know cemented that. I mean, we'll see, but you know, that that can always be changed. But
2: all right, man. Question nine: How
4: would you define and prove police brutality? Police brutality is anytime a police officer goes to harm somebody who has not posed a threat to them in any way. And I'm talking about a personal threat. The problem with police is a lot of these crimes are not crimes that they're enforcing are not crimes against people. They're crimes against the state and the state doesn't exist. It's a, you know, it exists on paper. (coughs) It's a figment of people's. It's a figment of people's imagination. So police brutality is anytime they do that. Um, I think everyone, everybody, should be ready to pull out a camera. And should, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I mean, and and I think police should be required to have cameras, all you know, spamming three sixty, three sixty on their car, on their persons, everything, everything they do. And if they shut it, if they shut off their body camera, ten years automatically.
2: There you go. There you go. I mean, it's got to be transparent if it's public, baby. All right. Question ten. We're <laughs> not
0: police. What do you think? <laughs> I love that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> as much as they hurt people, as much as they destroy people, destroy people's lives. I mean, you, you arrest somebody. If you, if somebody gets arrested and it, it turns out, oh, and, and they get thrown in jail, and three months down the line, um oh, they didn't do it. It turns out that they're innocent. And they let them out of jail. That person's life is destroyed. They're done. They probably lost their job. They're probably and, and their friends probably think they're innocent. They're guilty even if they're innocent. So all their their reputation's gone. Uh,
5: and that's rocket fire give it up
2: for
3: Mance raider good
2: job dude good job anyways this is johnny rocket and we're talking to Mance raider and i'm here with my ray of truth miss raylene lightheart we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back rock and
5: ground control for johnny rocket ground control for johnny rocket I've just received the background check you requested for Pete Raymond. You need to be more careful with who you're associating with. This interview is probably in violation of your parole. This Pete guy, who supposedly goes by a nickname based off a Lord of the Rings character, he's a shady dude. He's super into things like beyond the wall and other stuff involving walls. think he might actually be a spy for the Trump regime. But this is no time for conspiracies. Let's stick to the facts. Turns out he's wanted by the secret police in all 50 states back on Earth for a slew of violent crimes, including... Um, wait, oh man, it says non-violent crimes. That's it, non violent Well, I'm sorry, there's really no reason for bringing this up then. Once you guys are done, you know, we really need to discuss where we're getting our intel from. I downloaded this right from his file with the NYPD. Anyways then, carry on.
2: talking to Mance Raider about police brutality. And Mance, again, thank you so much, man. Great job on Rocket Fire. Raylene, take it away.
1: All right. Uh, okay, so Pete, you brought up the Me Too movement and how I went wrong, and and I love this because I actually had a question about it. Uh, just talking about police brutality and the social aspect and, and the hypocrisies and who we hold accountable and how. So according to research from Bowling Green U, just between the years of 2005 to 2013, Police officers were charged with forcible rape, for, charged 405 times, forced sodomy, which is also rape, 219 times, and forcible fondling with 636 instances. Experts say that those stats are not comprehensive because data on sexual assaults by police are almost non-existent. Um, these are just the instances of actual arrests. Why are these stats not being gathered and talked about, especially in light of the Me Too movement?
4: I don't know if I can answer it in light of the Me Too movement, but I can say that if somebody in a position of authority, and maybe this does have to do with the Me Too movement, thinking about Mm -hmm. Harvey Weinstein, as soon as I said that, um, Mm -hmm. makes a move against you, they can, I mean, if a police officer wants to rape a woman, all, all he has to say is you, you, you telling me, and one of these days I'll just fear for my life and I'll kill you. I mean, yeah. they they wow. have that power. Yeah, I They mean, do. If, yes, they do. And, and if a police officer, and and for anybody who's thinking, oh, he's out of his mind. Well, if a police officer who are these are people. I mean, let, let's you know, let's separate the whole Halloween costume and the phony oath they take to support the Constitution, and you know, the shiny badge, and probably the guns, the most important thing that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that take that job because they are just plain psychopaths. That's right. And, and there are, you know, th- think about this. If you're somebody who wants to be, if you're somebody who has a predilection to break the law, right. what better job to have than one where you're being protected by the law, by That's that, right. thin, that thin blue line? I mean, when you say that in in what an eight year span uh-huh. there was only six hundred fondling reports, that tells me that there was a lot of fondling a lot, fondling, more. There was a lot, a lot more. of arrests, arrests. Oh, yeah, arrests. Uh, th- 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 there was ten times that much, and the That's cop right. just looked at him and said, "What are you going to do? Prove it. Do you know how much power I have over you?
1: Mm-hmm. I could
4: just kill you. I could, I could terrorize your whole family." Right. right. I mean it's I mean people don't believe that these police officers. Yeah the, the thing that I the thing that floors me the most is people that believe that police officers are good because they know a police officer. That's true.
1: Exactly. It's the the most common argument in any comment section about anything I've ever posted about cops.
2: Okay, so let me bring in a comment here. And Mance, you may agree or not agree, but us as libertarians, we all agree about the individual, not the collective, right? So we were discussing Mm -hmm. this earlier on the show. And I'm going to say that I'm not saying I know a whole bunch of cops. I probably know about five. That have been friends throughout my life, and those guys were not the douchebags. I don't think they are. They they could they could be like when they're they are copping, right? But we should be. It should be on a case by case system, right? So I mean, yes, the system is in place to benefit or provide shelter and from criminal activity from the cops' behavior. But I honestly do believe that there are good people in the police force. Now, I think the whole system. Because the system is designed to fail, and the system is there to provide protection for the cops. There's no incentives, as I said before. But looking at individuals in the police force in itself, I think there are good people in it. And I don't think, yeah, I think that there are bad people in the, the police force, but not everyone's a douchebag. Like, I don't think every cop is a bad person. I think what they're doing is wrong. Because they're there to make money. And if they don't make money and they don't make their quotas because they say, well, we don't have quotas anymore, you know, then they're going to get fired or they're going to be on a list or whatever. But for the most part, I think that there are good cops. What
4: percentage of police do you think are bad apples? I would say probably about 70%. Wow, that's a lot. Ba- bad apples? Bad apples. Yeah, I think a lot. You think 70% are bad
3: apples?
2: Yeah, I think a lot of them got beat up and that's why they're cops. To begin with, but I think there's a lot of cops who really think that they're trying in their mind. They join the academy or they join the police force under the pretense that they were helping the community. But as they've been in that society or subculture of the cop or, you know, the cop subculture, it
4: is kind of corroded or maybe corrupted their viewpoints. I would say this. If I'm one of those 30 percent who's a good cop, I probably wouldn't last very long because my. My goal would be to make sure. I mean, as as one of those thirty percent, you're being lumped in as a bad apple by the other seventy. So sure, sure. If you're not, if you're not trying to fix the system from within, and we know how great that how great oh, that works. works. I mean, awesome, it works great yeah. every time. <laughs> yeah. Then, then then I wouldn't be able to stay there. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to do it. So, like, my question to you though is, I mean, yes, obviously, there's a lot of you know, fraud,
2: waste, and abuse and and crimes that are committed by the cops in the the departments across the country. And it's because they're above the law. But my question to you is, do you think all cops are bad? I mean, do you think there are good people who are like, what do I do? I need to feed my children. This is a good gig. All I need to do is write tickets and you know, whatever, you know, I mean, wait a
1: minute though. Can we just talk about what what bad is and what immoral is Uh, I mean that's a good question I mean because I think that we should just let me insert this real quickly if what your job what you get paid to do is immoral on its basis which uh is taking your car out there and pirating and stealing from people who are not committing crimes, then yes, your job is immoral. Therefore, you are a bad person. If you continue to take from that and perpetuate it, be a part of it, then yes, you have to have that moral discussion with yourself. I
2: think that stuff, like you were saying about them stealing through civil asset forfeiture, stuff like that, that is a learned thing from the police department. I think there's good people who join the, the, the departments who get corrupted.
1: Who go out and do their job every day. And that's bad things and immoral what they're doing.
2: I think it's normalized. I think people get normalized to it because
1: I'm sure that's what they, we could say about Nazis also who followed Hitler.
2: Absolutely, no, no. But what I'm saying is, like, I was a soldier. I was in the military for ten years. I came out. I'm a libertarian. Do I necessarily agree in foreign wars? Bunch of soldiers who didn't, who thought we were doing, and and if they didn't do what they were supposed to do, they got thrown. So, Mance, what do you have to say about this? I think it's important that maybe we could talk about it. I don't know what your opinion is.
4: I just think going back to that thirty percent that you believe are good cops, are they doing good things? Okay. Say you write say you write a traffic ticket for a guy writes a traffic ticket for sure. improper lane lane change. Okay. In the in the city, um in the city next to where I live, that ticket is two hundred and twenty five dollars. Okay. Say that person can't afford to pay that ticket. Sure. What happens to that person now?
2: Well, now they can't drive. And now that person. Ha- so he can come up with two hundred and fifty dollars and then he gets busted legal because it's illegal and he gets thrown in jail. And it's just it's a never ending cycle. I understand that we look at things that I guess the point I'm trying to make is we're libertarians and we because we have studied it. We understand how the system works. The system in itself is. But I'm saying these people are not libertarians. They don't think that way. They think, well, you shouldn't have brought, you shouldn't have broken the law. Now, granted, there's got to be laws and rules, right? So we, we can all agree because we're, you know, we're pretty logically thinking people. I'm just saying that if you, how else do you punish people? If somebody was, you know, swerving and driving and putting everyone else on the road in danger, yeah, maybe they should get thrown in jail for threatening to hurt somebody, or or the threat of violence, or threat of injury. To me, that's legit. But what I'm saying in regards to the cops is, you know, some of these people, are they're not libertarians. They don't share our ideals, and so ignorance is an excuse in my department. I think if you don't know what libertarianism is, yeah, there is some ignorance. But if you know the ideas of liberty... And you understand the concepts of liberty and you still do it. Now there's no excuse.
4: I don't know. That's my point. Going back to the person who's swerving all over the road and everything like that, you know, you, you said that they didn't hurt anybody. They had the potential to hurt somebody. Um, when you start basing laws and uh, upon and I'm talking about not, not rules, rules are different. But laws where you can penalize somebody, you can throw somebody in jail for the potential of hurting somebody. How far do you take that?
2: I get your point. I get your point, dude. Absolutely. Like, I am against DUI, right? So I think driving under the influences, as long as you are now, I mean, come on, man. If we're driving down the road and the rule could be you need to stay in your lane. And if you break the, if you're not in your lane and you swerve over, now you're endangering somebody else because you broke the rule. Right. So in that regard, yes, I am against DUI laws. I think it's you know, it's like if you hurt somebody, you hurt somebody, regardless if you're texting, drinking or a lack of sleep. It doesn't somebody you pay restitution. What I'm getting at it, if it's especially private roads, they can have their rules and we have public roads. So we have rules. And again, I'm against public roads. But what I'm saying is like, if somebody was on the road next to you and you're driving and you know, pull over right in front of you, almost killed you. You might want to. I mean, you personally. So, I mean, you know what I'm that'd saying?
4: Be, that'd be different than the state. I know. <laughs> yeah. I get you. I know. No,
2: I understand. No, yeah, I know. I knew it.
4: And one thing you were talking about, and, and you're you're correct in stating that, you know, there, there are people who don't think like us. And um, here's the thing. I mean, I just I don't know how to change those people's minds. I I mean, all I can do is throw information out there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like people who threw information out at me. You know, when I was, uh, when I first came to the ideas of liberty, I was a minarchist and I was going on some forums and, you know, talking to the ANCAPs. And I just couldn't see it. I, 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 it just, I couldn't figure it out. And then one day it all clicked. You know, everybody's, everybody's doing it. Everybody does it in their own time. But, you know, what, what I'm saying is, as long as, you know, with what I know now, with what I've studied, uh, with what I've looked at, you know, historically, you know, look sure. at, I've looked, looked at law enforcement in the Wild West and crime stats in the Wild West, you know, the quote unquote Wild West. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really think that there was, there was a lot less violence when, the The police violence yes. when, when police presence and you are correct and, yeah i mean it just the police escalate this i mean it is it is without a doubt they are out there looking to make criminals out of people i mean that the guest on on tom wood 674 said it he said we are looking to arrest people we are going to ask you questions at a traffic stop even if it's a broken taillight to get in your car yes, that's what we want to entrap do we want yes. get in your yep. car, and and I just can't I can't get down with and and say oh there's such a thing as a good police officer if they are there upholding that system I mean you know, to me a good police you know, okay because yeah, you know yeah, I have a tendency friend,
1: be a friend to your cop friends
4: yeah I have uh, a fend- teach them I have a tendency to believe that the amount of like really really bad cops is probably like five percent. I mean, I'm talking about really, you know, like the the guys you see on
2: like Daredevil, the TV
4: show. Yeah, Yeah. those guys uh, is like 5%. And then, you know, and then people will make the argument. And I've asked people, you know, you said 70%, which is way higher than what most people say. Most people usually say 5%. And I always say if 5%, if there was 5% bad apples and there was 95% good apples, there'd be no bad, bad apples because right. they they would want to run them out to get you know to do as much as they could to make sure that people had a positive a positive view of what they're doing. Nobody wants to think that they're doing a garbage job. You know, I mean, basically the pol- basically what the police have done in the last twenty years is run a propaganda campaign to make it look like they are victims and they're the good guys. They're, <laughs> and they're you know not, what? And guess what? Good guys. And, and, and
2: And their campaign is a lot better than Black Lives Matter. All right, Raylene, prepare for landing. Roger that, Johnny. Seat belts and shoulder harnesses. Your body, your choice. Landing gear and downward expanders.
1: NAP initiated.
2: Anti state superchargers. Defragged and woke. Landing lights and guest websites. Mance,
4: give us your dot com, sir. Uh, FreeManBeyondTheWall dot com. I'm uh, all the podcatchers, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, all those places. Uh Freeman Beyond the Wall podcast, and on Twitter at the Pete Raymond, on um, Facebook pete mance raymond you can find me if you do you know pete raymond um just check out my if you check out any one of my episodes all the links to everything is in the show notes so
2: hell yeah dude and thank you so much for being here on the show and raylene why don't you tell our guests and our listeners uh, what would happen if they subscribe to the show what happens
1: well if you like the show then make sure to go to supportblastoff.com and subscribe. And if you give us a dollar an episode, you can hear the after party where Mance is going to be put on blast, and we're going to be discussing a really cool post that he made uh, recently. And for only two bucks, you can get the all-nighter also.
2: So you can hear me and you talk about stuff that has nothing to do with politics necessarily.
1: Yeah, we should talk about my uh, my (laughs) having to deal with the police recently, which is... Oh, that
2: would be really <laughs> cool. So, yeah, for $2, you get to hear what the hell Raylene had to deal with for the cops. Anyways, though, it's Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas, and we'll see you next week. Rock and roll.